MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game, hour number two, right here at VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Skill Alexander, Jeff Parlay is here as well. Still to come this hour, Rufus Peabody, who uh, did not get home with Mito Pereira and his uh, $500 ticket at 300 to 1. We'll talk about his thought process going in to making that bet, also his thought process through the tournament and why he did or did not do uh, anything to uh, hedge out of that. Could he have or could he not have? Uh, we'll get into all that. And oh my goodness, of course, we'll talk to Wes Reynolds here momentarily about all the shenanigans of the PGA yesterday and his thoughts on baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever he's doing, the Swiss Army knife here at VEASAN. But first, uh, tweets. We get tweets at Beating the Book, Fantasy Wannabe. Um, fellas, got to the feed late. Please bail me out. Were there any tennis picks? Yesterday's EPL stacks need somewhere to go, or EPL sucks, I guess he meant, need somewhere to go. I can eat next week. <laughs> well, uh, again, we had, uh, we had three tennis picks. To anybody who asked, because of the time zone difference on Twitter, I reply to them. And uh, we had, a, I told you when we got on the show this morning, we had lost our first dog this morning on Zanevska. Kovinich came all the way back as a plus 185 dog to win. So hope everybody uh, got in on that. 
uh, and if you did like in match when I mentioned it this morning, even better for you, you probably got a better number than I did. So congratulations to those who had that. We only have one more tennis pick this morning. It is Christian Green, but I got him at minus 135, I believe it was. He's already north of minus 150. I would not play it in the minus 150s, minus 140s at the top. This is from uh, Bill Hooker. To add on to your earlier comments, the lesser the quality of the horses, the more impact the jockeys have. We were saying how not many golf handicappers mention caddies. Maybe they should. Wes Reynolds does. We'll talk to him momentarily. Uh, let's see. Three Jack H three one three one strongly recommends sticking with the slow jams and not the country genre. <laughs> the suggestion is is uh, is noted and is uh, is accepted. Thank you, Three Jack. Uh, Gerald Aiello, tennis picks for Monday, please. Well, again, if you ask me again, if you ask me on Twitter, I will respond to you for tomorrow's picks. Green is the only one left today, but at the proper price. Three uh, Jack H three one three one just uh, texted back. Donka Shane playoff Donka Kovinic, so I'm glad he uh, cashed on that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Wes Reynolds and I agree on one thing about the PGA yesterday, I'm sure we do, without even having to talk about this beforehand, and that was whatever great CBS producer had the wherewithal to play the Gap Band's outstanding into a commercial, Tulsa's own Gap Band, outstanding, a song that test that stands the test of time 39 years later. It's Wes Reynolds, everybody. How you doing, Wes? I'm uh, well, Gil. We're up early in the morning. Another Gap Band song uh, for you uh, to uh, do this segment. So, yeah, very uh, prescient by that producer to play Tulsa, Oklahoma's own Gap Band. It was phenomenal. So let me let me just ask you this. Uh, you did have Justin Thomas, correct? Yes. What what number did you have pre-flop, Justin? What did you have on Justin? It was 17 to one. And look that, I mean, people will say, Oh, it's chalky. It's hard to get these chalky guys home, Gil. And, yeah. you know, had a couple other guys in the mix, Cameron Young, Matt Fitzpatrick, but I never would have thought coming into Sunday morning, Justin Thomas, I think it was data golf that put this data out that he was a 1.2% chance to win the PGA championship at the start of Sunday morning because he had fallen off on Saturday. He was like, you know, a seven off the lead and ends up just kind of hanging in there. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm always resistant to compare something or someone to Tiger Woods, but it's no coincidence. I don't think that Justin Thomas that Tiger Woods is his mentor because that was very Tiger esque in the way that he just grinded and he fought. And one of the reasons why I think Tiger Woods obviously won 14 majors is because he just out fought guys and I think that's what he did yesterday, just kind of hung in there, never gave up, never gave in, and then he was left standing at the end. It was amazing. It was, I said at the top, I was like, this is an elite golfer at his best yesterday. It was a tour de force from Justin Thomas. Again, seven strokes back, tied for the third biggest comeback in a major championship on its final day. And, you know, I, I guess we'll get to the Mito Pereira thing here on the eighth. So, so JT and Bones... Bones McKay, they, before the 18th hole, they're deliberating. Cameras have it. Should I go this? Should I go driver? Should I do this? Should I? He needed to come up with a score on that hole. And they talked about it. In contrast, before we ever got to see Mito Pereira and Scott McGinnis have a conversation, Mito was swinging, and not beautifully, it, might, it should be added, his driver on 18 which just seemed like, even the announcers like Dottie Pepper and Nick Faldo, they were completely taken off guard. First of all, it was happening before they could even react. He's in the water. I said earlier, it's not quite Van Develdian, but it sort of conjured it up a little bit. 
And you're like, well, what are you doing? And then Faldo made the point of how on the green, on the chip, he didn't go behind the green to find out what happens if the ball rolls past it. You talk about caddies. Should we be talking more about caddies when making our golf bets? Absolutely, especially when you have an elite one like JT does. Now with Jim Bones McKay and people, if they don't know that name, they're probably at least somewhat familiar with it on the periphery because he was, of course, with Phil Mickelson for about 20 to 25 years for most of Phil's wins on the PGA Tour, including several major championships. And, you know, Bones was happy doing TV, Gil. He was working with Golf Channel working with NBC as an on-course reporter. And he even said, he goes, there's one player I would come back for. And it was this guy, Justin Thomas. And and I think Justin Thomas got to a point where, keep in mind, this guy has still been winning. He had 14 PGA Tour wins going into yesterday, now has 15, but he hadn't won a major since 2017 when he won at the Wells, or at the PGA at the Wells Fargo. So this was a guy that was like, you know what? I'm an elite player, as you mentioned, and I should be winning more. And that's the difference, you know, to go get this guy to kind of say, hey, maybe he's the guy to put me over the top. And you also mentioned Mito. I think Mito maybe was a little thrown off earlier in the round because he and Matt Fitzpatrick got put on the clock. They had a course marshal. I think this was around maybe early in the back nine. And they got put on the clock, which I think is absolutely absurd Me too. when you're the final group on a Sunday. Well, and, and when it's not your fault, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were both kind of blaming each other. Actually, they said something to Fitzpatrick and Matt Fitzpatrick, who is the playing partner in the final group with Mito, pointed at Mito and said, he's the one slowing it up. So then all of a sudden it's like, you're getting tension with the playing partners here because they're blaming each other for the slow play. And look, Mito Pereira has never been in this situation per se of, you know, having the lead where it's where it's on your clubs here in a major championship. Uh, We were monitoring it on betting across America, Dave Ross and myself. And when you looked, he was odds on favorite, at least for several holes. You know, he's getting up to like minus two dollars, minus three dollars. You know, this is obviously as the holes are dissipating here and there's fewer left to play and he's still got the lead and nobody is really making a charge. Will Zalatoris isn't necessarily making a charge. Justin Thomas is kind of like gradually there, but he's still two, three strokes back. So, you know, it was right there for him and he just, you know, had not been in that position before at this level. Yeah. And that said though, as you're saying that Wes, I like feel terrible for him because this is going to erase What would have been, I mean, if that final hole doesn't happen, right, the biggest diff of all of them, but 71 holes, he won that tournament like four different times, I felt like, beating back the competition. So, like, whenever he needed a big putt, he got it. And so, like, this could have been the exact opposite narrative after the fact. And uh, I think the world was introduced to Mito Pereira. And I hope he can bounce back from it. We'll, we'll never see quite the numbers on him, I would imagine, in the future, uh, betting-wise. But, um, boy, it's, t- it's tough. But good on him for standing in front of the cameras at the end and just uh, and talking about it, too. Not A lot of people might not have done that. U.S. Open is the next major. And I'm curious if you have any bets yet in pocket. Obviously, it's, uh, well, I was going to say it's a completely different deal, but this this course in Southern Hills played very difficult. I mean, for goodness sakes, five under got you to the playoffs in the end, got you to the playoff. Uh, do you have any bets yet for the U.S. Open? 
The only thing I have is I do have uh, what I bet on Cameron Smith. This was uh, right during the Masters where I bet him at every single price I could for every single major. And Smith played okay this week. I think he ended up even par. So uh, that ended up being T13. But I do have him for the U.S. Open. I do have him for the Open Championship at 30 to 1. That's the only guy I have really remaining. And I'll add periodically throughout the next few weeks. But look, we're going to kind of a classic, uh, if you want to say U.S. Open course, even though it has not been at Brookline in many years. But, you know, this is a course that's going to be one of those typical Northeast U.S. Open courses. Tree line, tighter fairways, much tighter than we saw this week, even though it still played very difficult where 500 par ended up being the winning score. But the fairways at Southern Hills are pretty wide, about 40 yards wide with that Gil Hans restoration. But U.S. Open, we know what it is. Tighter fairways, thicker rough. The rough really wasn't that thick very yesterday, but obviously, as we saw down the stretch, plenty of hazards. Yeah, and last thing about golf, because we'll we'll talk all the other sports here after the break, but uh, Tiger had to withdraw or chose to withdraw after the third round. We saw him with a hitch in his giddy-up when he walked off the course at Augusta after the final round. He certainly had one here. Uh, it's been very common to say, well, you know, come back when when it's the Open Championship in uh, in England, then uh, then it's going to be a Tiger kind of kind of event. Do you still subscribe to that after seeing Tiger? Yeah, I mean, maybe for the Open Championship, but I think the U.S. Open at Brookline, where he has obviously filed his entry, that might be in a little bit of question because I think for this year. I just don't know if we're going to see Tiger play any other like non-major event. Like he's not going to play Jack's tournament at the Memorial or any of these lead-in events, and that's just so hard on his body. You can tell that he is not a hundred percent. Yeah, Wes going to hang with us here. We'll talk some hockey with Wes Reynolds, some basketball, maybe some baseball. His thoughts on everything else uh, after a uh, tremendous PGA. And congratulations to Wes on hitting on JT. What an epic! performance and comeback from Justin Thomas. Coming back, Numbers Game Visa and the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and 
and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The nice thing about giving uh, tennis picks at the, uh, you know, not only on, on Twitter, well before the, the show starts, the night before when it's at the French Open here, but also at the top of the show if we're down in one of our plays, and I mention it, and I say something like, hey, you know, get in and on it if you want. Then you get all these uh, texts and tweets back, and it's uh, it's always gratifying because uh, people get them at better numbers than I do, uh, being in-game and being down. So congratulations to all who did that. Las Vegas Chris, by the way, uh, texting in. He goes, I took plus 487 in-game. Unfortunately, it lowered my risk amount, but I'm happy. And uh, let's see, uh, Bradley T. Porus, Porison. Uh, he's like got her plus two fifty live. Congratulations uh, on that again. Nice, nice numbers uh, for for those. And then uh, there's one here on Twitter as well. What number did they get? A lot of people got plus one ninety pre flop. Uh, live plus two hundred from uh, Babyface Assassin. So on and on. So good, good on everybody for jumping in on there. Let's try to get the next one. Um, Wes Reynolds joins us once again. You can follow him on Twitter at Wes Reynolds One. That's the number one. He is a co-host of Long Shots here on the network with Brady Cannon, with Matt Humans, and of course, uh, co-host any number of shows. By the way, Jeff, you did uh, you did a show yesterday. Yeah, it was with, with Adam Burke on the run line yesterday. Oh, two hours of baseball. How'd that go? Well, it went pretty well. All right, went pretty well. Very good. Did you want to tell everybody with the people that were complaining that they didn't get the tennis picks? Did you want oh, to mention? They, we'll have to we, we'll have to hold that back for a, t- <laughs> a, a later date. Jeff said something off air, which he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to repeat on air. All right, Wes, hockey. Uh, what are you thinking here about the Flames being down in this series to the Oilers? The Flames, who who many a hockey expert thought were going to roll here. 
Yeah, and look, uh, I think that they are the better team usually in the five-on-five. They've got one of the best five-on-five. I think that first line in hockey led by Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey himself. But it's been all Connor McDavid. I know he didn't get the goals, but he was just – you know, I made a comment when I saw that video where he went through his legs and got that assist to Vander Kane and led to his hat trick. And, you know, Connor McDavid is just playing a different game than everybody else. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how really to put it. You run out of, like, adjectives or superlatives to talk about this guy, and he's the best player in the National Hockey League. And he's got him winning and got him up 2-1. to one. And you wouldn't have thought that after game one because – I think when you look on the other side, I think Jacob Markstrom is the better goaltender for the Calgary Flames than Mike Smith. Mike Smith will make a a couple errors and almost cost him the Kings series in the first round. Kind of put him behind the eight ball where they really had to fight to win that series in seven games. But I still think that the Flames are the better team. But I wonder, we always talk about like the goalie kind of carrying a team, the hot goalie in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Maybe sometimes a player can carry you to a series win, and Connor McDavid certainly is trying to do that. I just thought that, uh, you know, and I did really like the Flames in this series. I didn't bet at the series price, but I thought that they were going to advance because I would have thought that they were so happy to not see Jake Ottinger from the Dallas Stars, who they would put you know, so many pucks on the net and the guy was just a brick wall back there. So it's like, okay, we got Mike Smith. So now this is easier pickings, but this series was pretty high scoring in the regular season. I believe it went under last night, but you know, flames up against it, but I still think that they pulled this out in seven games, but, uh, not going to find really an answer with Connor McDavid here. Yeah, this is a tweet from Corbin to both of us, Wes. So as a uh, as a Canadian who is a religious Oilers fan, I'm curious, does the Battle of Alberta get any sort of coverage down there on ESPN? I know how big a deal it is everywhere here from coast to coast since it hasn't happened in three decades. Yes, since 1991. Yes, I mean, it's part of the, uh, the hockey package, Corbin. And uh, we try to make as big a deal of it as we can. We might not be locked into it as, as we are in other sports. But yes, absolutely riveting to watch. Any play on either of the two games tonight, Wes? Yeah, I, I, Gil, I don't know what to do with this Florida-Tampa Bay yeah. series. You know, we, we like to kind of toot, toot our horn when we do get one right, but I got to admit, when I get one wrong, I've been dead wrong in this series. I laid at 150 with the Panthers before the series started and, you know, thought, okay, maybe they got the, you know that relief getting by the Capitals to not be the President's Trophy winner, that President's Trophy curse, if you will, that Tampa Bay uh, had happened to them when Columbus slapped, swept them in the uh, first round. But you look at Florida, this team's got three goals in three games, and they look just totally out of sync. They're getting off shots. They're averaging 35 SOG per game, second goal scored in the five-on-five in the postseason, but they can't get anything by Andre Vasilevsky. I mentioned that term, hot goalie, and Andre Vasilevsky certainly has been brilliant in this series and you can really see Tampa Bay's depth I mean they're getting contributions from the usual suspects like Stamkos like Nikita Kucherov but the guy that leads in playoff goals for this team is Ross Colton with five and then Stamkos even not being vintage Stamkos two goals in game three looks like he's kind of finding himself again uh, I, I, I sometimes you gotta wave the white flag, Gil, and admit that you were wrong. And I thought the Panthers was gonna were gonna win this series, but I wouldn't be shocked if they got swept tonight. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Lightning going for a three peat. Obviously, we have a whole series before we get to this. But if the Lightning faced the Avalanche 
in the Stanley Cup Finals. What do you make that series, Price? Oh, uh, Avalanche probably small favorites. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not into the hockey numbers on a day to day basis in the regular season. I bet more in the playoffs than in the regular season, but. I would say Avalanche, you know, minus 130, minus 140. I mean, you can't make it too big against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, but Avalanche have been so powerful in terms of scoring goals, and you kind of saw that Saturday night. You know, talent, water's kind of finding its level against the St. Louis Blues. It also helps that Jordan Bennington, you know, unfortunate as the injury is, he's been the better goaltender for the Blues, and now he looks like he is out for the rest of the series. And, you know, Colorado, you could just tell, you know, they, they they were like sharks in the water here that they knew that they had St. Louis and they had a deflated team. But what's going to be interesting is if Carolina can get by the Rangers and the blue shirt showed some life yesterday, yeah. got on the board. It's only two to one. I, I took the hurricanes in the series. Now, when you get hurricanes and lightning, perhaps in the Eastern conference finals, Carolina is a very tough team to defeat. So I don't know if necessarily if they beat Florida, that they're going to sail through Carolina is excellent defensively and they can kind of muck a game up, keep it low scoring. And the fact that they're doing this with auntie Ranta in, in, in between the pipes here and not their usual goaltender, Frederick Anderson, who is so great this regular season. Yeah. The, the hurricanes Rangers one is the one just anecdotally that got the most split. I know a lot of betters who not a lot of betters, but the few hockey betters I know who swore by the Hurricanes and that defensive prowess that you were just referring to. And then there are some who believe that the Rangers are actually the feisty one that will that will take down the series. So a lot to be decided, still not only uh, moving forward in the conference finals, but obviously in these series as well. So you're not laying the wood with the Avs tonight? Uh, that would be the only way I would probably yeah. go, to be honest with you. Uh, but it is price 160. We know Bennington is not going to go. So it's probably the right number that I'm looking at it. Any baseball plays from you today, Wes? How's your baseball season going, by the way? It's going okay. Uh, starting to go a little bit better now that we've got some, uh, you know, starts in the rotation and we have some more numbers to work with. You kind of fly blind, at least in the, you know, first month of the season a little bit because I'm not somebody, Gil, that bets a lot of spring training. So, you know, I just have never really figured that out, never really had the time because usually it's going against the NCAA tournament. So that gets my full focus. But, uh, you know, just looking today, uh, kind of leaning a little bit to the Phillies here, and it looks like the market is as well against the Atlanta Braves because Phillies, a uh, big win yesterday against the Dodgers. They were DOA. Dodgers do blow the save, though, in the ninth inning, get a run in the top of the 10th, and really their walk-off, uh, you know, Max Muncy makes that fielding error, and they score two runs, so do you get that momentum going into the next game? Market certainly believes so. It's up to about a dollar twenty-five, dollar thirty. And so you're on. Just to clarify, you're on who here? Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. 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 Okay, minus one twenty-five. We're showing minus one thirty on here, but uh, Phillies is the play from West. And then the basketball game. Are you touching this pre-flop at all? Miami and Boston game four tonight. What a series it's been. Gosh, I'm resistant to take the under because uh, on Saturday night, I I had the hockey game going and the basketball game going, and I'm walking into the Doobie Brothers concert at the Planet Hollywood, so I'm like, okay, yes, I got that empty netter for Colorado-St. Louis, so we got one home. Now can we avoid the foul fest here because I was on the under 208, Miami and Boston, where it's like if they just miss one shot, they're going to back off and they're not going to foul. So what always happens, and I'm used to this in college basketball, when you get a foul fest, a team – 
hasn't made enough threes and they make every single one of them to continue the fouling. So, you know, I would lean to the under here, but I've been wrong on a couple of these games in this series. Wes, we started with the Gab Band. We have to end with the Doobie Brothers since you brought them up. You and I hadn't even talked about this. I went by myself to the Doobies this weekend. I felt like it was two concerts in one, right? The 70s Southern Rock Doobies, the Michael yes. McDonald Smooth 80s Doobies, and I felt like I was four or five years younger than everybody else, so I was I was there for one reason, the Michael McDonald stuff, and everybody else was there for the Southern Rock, and it was just fascinating, two different demos in one no it was a great show i felt bad because they were playing a couple of their new tracks from their latest uh, album yeah, they were good tracks that. but that's when everybody goes to the bathroom and yeah. gets their uh, beverages it's the worst don't do that ever by the way michael <laughs> mcdonald the greatest thank you wes as always appreciate it man you bet gail thank you the greatest wes reynolds at wes reynolds one talk to him about any subject how about that of course of course wes and i both went to the doobies without knowing it Coming back, Rufus Peabody on what could have been with his Mito Pereira bet for $300,000 next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit visa.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. And now it's updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits yet another way. That VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VSIN. It's Gil Alexander. It is a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Uh, Join now. I always love this beauty of a numbers game. You know, <clears throat> we're blessed to just have people roll on, rolling on in whenever, uh, whenever I ask or whenever they let me know, and they're like, "Hey, we're here." Uh, so I, uh, I called up my buddy. Or not called up, but I texted my buddy Rufus yesterday. Rufus Peabody, who of course uh, tweeted this yesterday. In case you missed it, uh, simply with the words, "Well, that hurt." $500 bet at 300 to 1 odds at Circa to win $150,000 on Mito Pereira, who, of course, led this tournament uh, for so much of it, including after 71 holes, and then not so much. And by the way, before the break, I, uh, I said $300,000, and I said, oh, maybe I misspoke. And you, Rufus, by the way, Rufus Peabody, everybody in studio, you came in and you said, oh, no, that's, a, that's not a misspeaking at all. I mean, it wasn't misspeaking because I never said that to you, but I did have more exposure yes. than just this ticket, and it was about 300000 yeah. Okay, so... And what was, what was painful, Gil, is that I actually had even more on Cam Young, and I had Fitzpatrick, and I actually had a little Bubba Watson, too, and some Zalatoris that I bet. Zalatoris is the only one that was bet um, in tournaments. So basically, like, for me to not hit an outright was pretty painful there. So you had it all surrounded, basically. Basically, yeah. With the exception of? With the exception of no answer, no JT. No answer, no JT. Yeah, answer was closer. I mean, answer was four under to start the round. Okay, so to those who say, you know, how can you not have, the word that everybody using is hedge. How could you not have, let's use the word monetizing. How could you not have monetized this position? You would say what? I'd say I monetized it in expected value. <laughs> Meaning that... Meaning that over a long enough time horizon, I'm going to do better by just letting those positions ride than by hedging, given where my bankroll is and the exposure I had. So you take if if, you, if I had ten thousand dollars to my name, you know, you bet I would hedge. But my bankroll is such that it is not the right move for me. So your considerations are different. You're saying, and so yes, to play it, you play it more mechanically 
than to be concerned with that moment in time. Yes. Okay. You can. St- I could still react emotionally at times, but right. Well, <laughs> but the decisions are, are sound, logical, rational. Right. Because so so part of the discussion that's being had on Twitter, by the way, it, it ranges from a very mathematical discussion to a very uh, emotional one. Right. There's all kinds yeah. of different responses there, and you know one of them is, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what one response is. One response is, oh my God, like you absolutely could not have done anything about it. There is no, there is no way to get down a lot on that kind of thing. Mid, You could have before the round. Right, and you probably could have at Betfair, but I think the danger of live betting is the delay. I mean, the fact that I don't know if someone, I don't know if these odds express the current, you know, or, or expressing information that I don't know, right? Right. Like, my TV feed may not be as fast. Ooh, you are super. You are super. Uh, you you think of it super mechanically. Most betters are not like this because most betters would say, "And okay, so we're not talking about now." Here in the state of Nevada, you are constrained by Nevada. What is available to you in Nevada? In Nevada, there's no way I could have hedged out of that position in turn. Not during the yes. fourth round, correct? For sure. Now offshore, right? Mid, even back nine. Like you could have had JT at thirty to one. You wouldn't even have to place that much money on it to make back a whole bunch of money. That wasn't something that was in your thinking to no, do. That would have been a very negative EV bet. It would have won, but it would have been a negative EV bet. So even if it, even, yes, it would have been a negative EV bet. Let's go with that. But it would have solidified every, with the exception of Answer, who was not going to win, it would have solidified every possible outcome for you. I mean, not every like JT wasn't even in the conversation for until fairly late. I will tell you though, I saw a thirty to one on him, and, and let me just be honest. I looked, I stared at it, yeah. and I am I'm so regretful that I didn't bet it because while watching that tournament, with all with all that you're saying, understood. He's been may, there. Maybe I'm a stroke or two behind, but he's been there. We've seen him play like this before. I should have pulled the trigger on it. I didn't. And I thought about your bet, and I'm like, wow, was that not something you, you thought to do? I, I, to be honest, I never even thought about hedging once. Like, I thought about adding to the Mito Pereira position going into round four because I, yeah. made it, I made him plus 141. I could get plus 160. I think there might have been a plus 165 out there. Um, I didn't add to it, though, because I was like, I have enough exposure there. One of, there's many, many interesting comments on this. Again, the, the tweet from Rufus, well, that hurt. $500 bet to win $300,000 at 150 to 1 at Circa. Um, one of the comments, one of the many comments, because there was lots of fascinating reactions. One of the many comments was uh, someone said about hedging that they feel like there's probably a correlation between those that hedge and those that don't that roughly correlates to really serious professional betters to people who hedge probably aren't. Do you believe in that? I do. I think that people, I think hedging should happen fairly rarely, even for, for recreational betters. Um, because when you're hedging, you're life changing money, injury, that kind of thing. And by this, I mean, negative expected value bet to hedge out of a position. Like someone that says, I'm going to bet this team minus three, because eventually they're going to get a lead, you know, eventually at some point in the game, there's going to be a line, a live line where I can get the other team at plus five and a half or, you know, and so I'm going to just open up that middle. And you know what? Like, I mean, the logic behind there, that is, is, is very not sound, but but if you place all these futures bets with the thought that, like, if you get into this position, you're going to hedge, 
you know, you have to take that cost consideration into account with your original bet. If if 10% of the time you're going to make a negative 5% expected value bet to hedge, you know, you're really going to eat away at your profits long term. Did you expect this kind of reaction, by the way? I didn't, no, not at all. Honestly, like, you know, I, I have, you know, I, I place a lot of outright bets every week. Yeah. Um, this this was you know this is because it's a major I can get down more and so it's a bigger swing. It's certainly not the worst beat I've ever had in terms of like I mean a one shot lead going into eighteen, which is one of if not the hardest holes on the course, is certainly not a gimme by any stretch. Let me let me ask this question too because it occurs to me that some that you know some folks listening to this might just have this thought too, which is okay, Rufus, I get your I get your thought process. Maybe I don't agree with it, but I get it. But is there any part of you in that that says, okay, and I, I totally get my mechanical approach to this, negative EV, so I'm not going to make the bet, never thought about doing that, but that we're dealing with, if you had made a, let's say you had thought to make a 30-to-1 JT bet on hole 13 or 14, whatever it was specifically. Then Pereira would have won. Well, okay, right. well, that, there's that, <laughs> yeah. right, the, the whole gambler mentality, yeah. the psychology of gamblers. But is there, is there part of you that ever steps back, Rufus, and says, okay, wait a minute, though, while I am this mechanical, we're still talking about a very large amount of money for anyone, right? Yes. We're talking about tens of thousands of dollars. You do not sneeze at that, right? That's still no, it's a real, tremendous. Yes, right. it's real but money. But you can't think of it as real money when you're placing these bets. Otherwise, it would just drive you crazy. Like, I don't think of the purchasing power of, you know, the $25,000 I'm betting on this golf matchup when I, you know, or what that's going to do. I think of it as, you know, numbers on a spreadsheet. Okay, let's and, talk about one more possibility here. Uh, there is no cash-out option in Nevada. Cash-out options... Uh, don't use them. ...have been... Yeah, I don't... Right? I, well, listen, here's the thing about cash-out options, for those who don't know. They are not reflective of true odds. So it is, it is always shaded to the side of the book. So if you think you're making a deal, you aren't. Um, we don't have that ability in Nevada... If there was one, I guess you've already answered the question. You wouldn't, wouldn't have done no, it. Of course not. You would not have. No, but but again, if let's say I had twenty thousand dollars to my name, then it would have been the right move to cash out, mm -hmm. it, or at least cash some of it out at some point, because you know. But I would never have made that bet for five hundred dollars if I had twenty thousand dollars to my name. That would have been an irresponsibly large bet, and so, I would probably go broke if I was betting like someone that. else jumped in with that comment too, where they were like, so, "What gets lost in the discussion is we don't." I'm trying to remember who made what comment, but we, some, that gets lost in the discussion too is that most people wouldn't be in this position to begin with, for them to then sort of get in your shoes after the fact and make and make the comment of what you should have done. But I will say this: like you have to take each decision individually on its own merits, and just because I had overbet my bankroll, maybe that's that's a mistake. But you know. There are situ there are situations where hedging would have been the right move. That would not that you know if your banker was small enough, that's the case. That was another comment. Someone said, "If you're always looking to hedge, you're probably overbetting your bankroll." Do you agree with that? I think that I might have said that. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I agree with that. You you might have said that. I, I, I you know that's not a hard and fast rule, but I think most people that are hedging that much probably are. Yeah. And in the end, you made out. Feel okay. a need to. In the end, you made out okay in this tournament. Yeah, I actually had a very good weekend, but it, it still felt like a big loss because you know, had Mito hit, it would have been the biggest weekend ever for me. So ever, and that's saying ever. something for you. Yes. Instead, it was just a really darn good one. Yeah. Your brother didn't take it as well psychologically. Oh, I mean, I think we both took it the same. Like, you know, 
we felt physically ill, but physically you know, ill. But you're human. You experience that disappointment, and you know, you sit with it, and then you move on. And today's a new day. This is a new week, and my figure this week is zero. More with Rufus Peabody on the other side. We'll take some listener questions as well. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
the numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Gil Alexander, the the ever-changing who's going to play and who's not going to play situation and drama continues in the uh, Celtics Bucks series. What do you got, Jeff? Celtics Heat, uh, real quick. Oh, Celtics Heat, that's correct. Tyler Hero, who uh, did not play that whole second half with the groin injury, is not going to play tonight. And uh, a little bit surprising here, this actually has moved the whole point with no Hero. Has moved since that was announced. Celtics by a touchdown now. Yeah, now to a whole seven. With the extra point. Still, still, Butler, as of right now, because this was from Spolster at their shoot-around, Butler's going to try to go. That's what they're going with. Butler's going to try to go, and Hero did not have a great game in the Heat win in Game 3. So it wasn't like he was a massive contributor. barely played. Yeah. Heat plus seven's not a play? Give me that. I'm starting. Jimmy Butler's there. If it ticks any more, like you're going to force me to make a Heat bet plus points at this point. Heat up two to one again. They've won two quarters, two quarters in three games, up two to one in that series. You following basketball at all? No, not really. I mean, hockey at all? Not really. What is your? I mean, what's your betting story these days and things like that? But you're you're that off the grid at this point. What's your betting story? You're a baseball guy. You're a golf guy. No, I'm just doing golf now. Just golf. Golf. I mean, football during the football season, but I'm. I got a lot of other stuff going on too. Yeah, you do. Unabated. 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 You know, unabated a plug. Trip Tepper. Can you please ask Rufus how much age factors into his golf handicapping, specifically in the four majors plus the players? The current ages of players holding the four major trophies in the players, Scheffler 25, Morikawa 25, Rom 27, Cam Smith 28, Thomas 29. You've always put age curves into your models. Yes, there's age curves. Baseball too. Uh, yep. I will say that it feels like players are developing much quicker now in golf. Golfers are developing much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that, I think, is the analytics and the mm-hmm. fact that you have guys like Scott Fawcett and and who are out there who are able to essentially give these players like course experience without having course experience. There's so, a lot more analytics too, and I think that the younger generation is more aligned with that than than some of the older guys. So, in the end, then getting back for those who missed it, the previous uh, the previous segment. So there was no there was no monetization specifically of this ticket then. No, none at all. None at all. And I, you, I, I had some I had some prayer each ways in Europe. So that that the place part of that paid, but that's like you know pennies compared to the outright part. And and so I guess let me let me just ask from a more macro perspective. So this this approach has served you well over time. Yes, I, I still remember the bad beats for sure. Kyle Stanley needing a double bogey to win on 18 at Torrey Pines for the Farmers Open in 2012 and triple bogeying. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Scott blowing a four-shot lead over Ernie Els with four holes to go in the British Open. You know, I remember those for sure. Um, but, you know, I've hit quite a few as well. 
See, this is so I'm if people listen to this show long enough. Let me just raise my hand and saying I'm not a hedger by nature either. I believe that was naughty by nature. So I'm not a hedger by nature. I am I am of that ilk. But in, in a situation like this, I'll get back to it again. Like this is where this is the part where you separate yourself from the uh the, the normal person, where you are just so mechanical in this. Again, we're talking about a good chunk of money. You, you talk about dealing with it. So you and your, and, and you mentioned your brother. I'm sorry to bring your brother into it, but you've mentioned me off air. You're like, oh, Tom had a little more, more trouble with well, it. Well, no, no. Tom and I both, like, we both felt like, like gut punched by it. And That's so, what I was saying. So for, for what's the amount of time in your brain, rattling around in your brain, you say to yourself, man... I should have probably done that. Or does that thought not happen to you? The thought, the thought never happened that I should have hedged. The thought was like, why did, why did that ball not go in the hole on 17? Why, why, why did it not go one more inch? Why did Mito hit a driver on 18? Why did he make such a bad swing? That's the thought, which is that thing with the driver happened so fast too. Yeah. Before we could even react. There there was no sort of time on TV where they're talking about it. You know, he's suddenly up there and hitting. Right. So like it's it's about having a process and trusting that process. I get it. And and it doesn't mean that I can that I'm not allowed to be emotional or to feel disappointment. I, I totally felt the disappointment there. But I know that there's you know, I know that I, there's nothing I could have done to change the outcome and the hedging was not the right move for me in terms of knowing what I knew at the time. And so I experienced that disappointment and then I reset and move on. If, if a, you know, if a, if someone who had multiple of your wealth came to you today and said, boy, Rufus, I would have, I would have hedged that. And I have 10 X of what you have. Same answer. You're just like, look, this is, this is how I roll. This is my, this is how my brain works in these situations. If it's a negative EV bet, even if it covers all possible outcomes at that point, at that point, you wouldn't be interested in just grabbing a 30 to one, just be unrufus for a second. Look, if, if it was negative, it depends on how negative EV it was. So for me going into the final round, it's circa, I could have laid minus 175 yeah. on Pereira not winning. In which case, like if Cam Young wins, like I'm like, this is amazing, right? Um, but I made the price there, the no minus 141. So that's a big negative EV bet. So in essence, like, if we were, let's say I made the no minus 165, then it probably is worth hedging a little bit. Do you ever, mathematically, do you ever think to yourself, I need more humility in my model in those situations? Or are you so loyal to your numbers and think that they are, I don't, I don't want to say this word because it sounds like I'm being. I'm being mean about it, but like, or do you say my numbers are infallible? This is what they are. My numbers are definitely not infallible, but my number on Pereira was roughly in line with the market after you take out the VIG going into round four. So why, why didn't you the night before? Let's say the night before, let's say we're not an in-game situation where things are happening on the fly. Why didn't you on the night before sort of, you know, we've had people who are in survivor, right? Who meticulously wall street guys who meticulously will figure out all the possible combinations of what they can do and how they can monetize their survivor entry here before when, when after round three, before the final round, when you have time to sort of sit quietly and, and think through these things, wasn't interesting for you to do it that way. If we'll take the in, we'll take the in tournament thing on, on the final round off the table. I mean, as I said, like the price that I could have gotten 
yeah. would have been so negative EV. Like, to, I mean, think you know, okay. would you ever lay minus one seventy five if you made a price minus one forty one? Uh, I wouldn't in a pre flop vacuum thing, but if I have your situation where there is money to be made in all possible outcomes, all possible reasonable outcomes, but one, and I'm talking now now back to Sunday. I think I probably do jump in and grab the JT. I almost grabbed the JT when I have nothing to do with it. See the J. So, so I looked at like my price on JT was like I mean was like way way worse than the markets because that's not a that's not a bettable number basically. Those the, those guys way back like books. I, but, I forget what but books are offering now. I'm going back to okay. Now we're now, now we're back, live. Now, now we're back live. on Sunday. He's thirty to one with. A handful of holes left. And as you said, I didn't even say it. You said he's JT. But how many people were in between him and the lead? I get it. Yeah. But but a lot of things had to happen. More than 30 to 1 worth of things had to happen. Right. But for you, that was the only remaining piece of the puzzle to secure profit. Yes. And I think that's the part that. I think what people don't understand is that for me, it's not about securing profit from this. It's about maximizing my long-term profit from it. Yeah. Right, and it's it is okay if I don't secure profit on this market in one week. I get it. I just I think it's a fascinating conversation. And, and I had profit in other areas of yeah. my betting, as I said. Yeah, like I absolutely crushed on matchups this week. What was your biggest crushing matchup? I, don't, I mean, too many. There, too many I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I'm sure. I, listen, I, I think it's great. First of all, that you put it out there on Twitter because I think I only look, post losing tickets on Twitter. It, That's my policy. You're not Floyd Mayweather. No. I think it's great because it provokes a fascinating conversation, right? That that runs the gamut on the spectrum, right? There's the people who get it, like Rufus. I totally get your your plus EV approach, and then on the far side of the spectrum, right? There's people who are like that guy's full of it. I can't believe. And so I just think it's a, you know, I'm I'm probably somewhere in the middle on it, right? And I just think it's a fascinating gamut to to get into. But Gil, if I had a bet to win five million dollars instead of three hundred thousand, it's different. I probably hedge there because it would be the right cal- it would be the right thing to do mathematically for, for you. It would be the right thing mathematically for me from a ma- like Kelly maximizing maximizing my bankroll okay. perspective. I appreciate you coming in, man. This is this hey. is fascinating stuff as always. Enjoy it, Gil, as always. Rufus Peabody, everybody, at Rufus Peabody on Twitter. You can follow the whole uh, the whole conversation there. Thanks to everybody on the show today. Good luck with all your bets from Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The Lombardi line is next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.